This is the Reading Teacher's Lounge, where listeners can eavesdrop on professional conversations between elementary reading teachers. We're passionate about literacy and strive to find strategies to reach all learners. Shannon and Mary are neighbors who realized that they were literacy soul sisters at a dinner in their Atlanta neighborhood. Once they started chatting about reading, they haven't really stopped. Come join the conversation. Hey, Reading Teachers Lounge listeners. Um, I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. We have Rachel with us. She is the schwa guru. She has written a book all about the schwa. Um, She has a great presence online too. And um, we can't wait to have her tell us a little bit about herself and dive into the schwa today. Yay, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I teach first grade and I um, really love following a structured literacy approach in my classroom. And I think that one of the most difficult pieces in that is instructing around um, the schwa sound. And we'll talk more about what that means. Um, And once we are able to teach that, I think it really opens a lot of doors in reading and spelling for kids. Um, which is why I decided to write a book. I felt like there was kind of a void in the market there. Um, But I love to share lots of literacy tips, games, mnemonics, songs. Um, And I just kind of started my platform to share this information with teachers and parents um, because sometimes it's hard to find and sometimes it's definitely hard to reach kids, especially in environments that don't necessarily support a structured literacy or science of reading based approach. And so that is kind of a little bit of background about me and what I do and um, why I'm so interested in schwa. So tell us about your book. Did you write it more for teachers or for students? So it is a picture book for students, but it's written in an informational kind of way. Um, I personified schwa as a student entering first grade and getting to school for the first time. And all of the other letter sounds don't know who schwa is. They've never heard of schwa. Um, Why weren't you in kindergarten with us? And schwa and the teacher kind of help explain why schwa is such an important helper in first grade to help read longer words. Um, And that schwa is actually spelled by all of the, it can be spelled by all of the vowels. And so um, all of the vowels are kind of like, oh, they're a little skeptical at first, but then they realize, wow, you know, this is really important and exciting in first grade. Um, And of course, like SWA is definitely reviewed in other grades as well. It's big in um, the scope and sequence for our second graders at our school. Um, And it's really important when you're getting into these more intense multisyllabic words. Um, But it's a really abstract concept. um, And most people have never even heard the word schwa before. And so that's why I kind of geared it to my students, because I wanted to make that abstract concept a little more concrete when I was introducing it to them. Um, Rachel, I am in love with the idea that you're introducing schwa as like a big first grade helper. I think that's brilliant. I think, you know, capturing um, the I don't know, the energy in that first grade classroom, that is 
specifically what you want to do right there. Mm -hmm. I think it's perfect. Mm -hmm. I was um, working with one of my students tutoring and we were doing um, the month that is right now it's October. And so it's coming up on Halloween and we were doing bingo um, syllable words related to the month of October. So we were doing October, how many syllables are in it? And then we came to Halloween and we were trying so hard to identify each vowel in the syllables. Um, and I'm working with a second grader right now, and he has definitely never heard of schwa before. And so it was the perfect time to introduce Halloween. And why do we say uh, as we're kind of bringing that word together? And so we talked about how vowels can change. So I think that this is for me, this is spot on. I love it when things kind of coincide with what you're teaching and it's something that you can hop right on. So if you are teaching right now, especially coming up on the hall uh, days, you probably will start to hear a lot of the schwas in. And so we're hoping that this will be an episode where our listeners can kind of just grasp onto some of the concepts that we are talking about today and take it with them throughout the day or the following day that they're teaching. So thanks so much for being here. I can't wait to hear more about this. Well, awesome. if Schwa was walking in our podcast and the teacher sounds right now, how would, how would he define himself? Like, who is he yeah, or she so or they? <laughs> schwa is um, actually surprisingly the most common sound in the English language. And that's actually something Schwa says in the book. Like I'm a sound you've definitely heard me before, but I'm not a letter. And at first, the other letters are really confused. They're like, wait, I don't understand. Like, how are you spelled? Um, and so it's the most common sound. It's the most common vowel sound. And it can be spelled by any of the five vowels. Um, and even Y, when Y is acting as a short I. And it spells actually two sounds. So most people think of the uh sound, like panda. But it also spells this kind of lazy I sound, like salad. We don't say salad, we say salad. And so that's something that's a little bit tricky of like, okay, it's one sound, it's one concept, but it's actually two slight, slight sounds. Um, and one of the things that people call schwa is this lazy sound. So something that I teach really early in first grade is that vowels are open sounds and our mouths are really open when we say those. Um, but the close, the most closed of the vowel sounds are that uh, and that eh. and you can practice that with your mouth and you can show your mouth and have the students look at their mouths and mirrors or um, look at each other and see that that's a lot more closed than a eh or an ah or an ah. And basically over time, we have gotten lazier with pronunciation. Dialects have spread and changed. There's like 160 plus dialects of English. And one of the biggest shifts we have is in terms of vowels. Um, and then also we um, kind of talk in a little bit of a lilt. Um, people talk about stressed and unstressed syllables. So we don't talk exactly like words are read across. Um, I don't say, um, what is going to happen? What is going to happen? I say, what is going to happen? Um, and so because our talking is slightly different from how we write um, and our pronunciation has changed over time, that's kind of where schwa comes into play and why it's such a tricky concept for kids. Um, a, because it's 
kind of two sounds and B because it's not its own symbol. It's other letters that kind of shift their sound because of our pronunciation. Um, and so I definitely thought that this was a harder concept to teach in a structured literacy setting. How do you explicitly explain something that's so complicated to a six and seven year old? Um, and of course, you know, it's something that's spiraled and reviewed as you continue through phonics work. You can, you know, do more with it with syllabication as you get into more advanced syllable, you know, division patterns and also, you know, in terms of morphology, like adding ed. And sometimes we say like, I ended, we don't say I ended, I ended the meeting and that I is schwa. Um, and so it's, it's a continuing conversation, but it's got to be accessible to starting in first grade because there's just so many words, it's the most common sound that have schwa in it. Um, and so that was a very long convoluted way of how schwa would introduce himself, but um, he definitely does it in a very first grade voice um, and almost a little bit of a, I'm gaining confidence in introducing myself and also like, I'm here to stay. I'm here in first grade. I might be the new kid, but like, I have a voice that matters and it's going to be helpful to you guys um, in the book. So I definitely kind of embedded some of that like self-confidence, self-efficacy <laughs> Um, theme in there so that schwa could have a first grade voice, a first grade personality. I very much like your explanation and I'm regretting the conversation I had with my eighth graders. I'm doing phonics at lunchtime <laughs> with two eighth grade English language learners and we were doing syllables with schwa um, like object versus object, mm -hmm. you know, and other um, heteronyms like that. And the, the, the little um, Spanish speaking girl was like, well, why do we have this anyway? And I was like, well, we're just lazy in America. <laughs> so the queen of England probably says again, but we, we say again, you know, especially here in the South, but I like your explanation better. And just, I guess that because we speak and we speak so quickly that we're, we're, we're trying to say those shorter vowels faster and faster and faster. And it's, it's more efficient to open your mouth less to say those. That's what I was going to kind of comment on too, because um, I think that I often get overwhelmed with schwa because I'm like, oh, is it accented? Is it an unaccented syllable? And breaking it down can actually be really complicated. And sometimes it's hard to do it on the fly. Um, for me too, I, I know that I've always had kind of like a weaker area of phonological awareness. It's just something I know about myself as I have been teaching it for years and years. And so um you know, I really need to have like a word list, but when you hear it in a different language too, or, um, or a different dialect, uh, you hear things in a different way. So I know that like the schwa can also appear in like in British um, uh, sounds more like a slurred R sound. Mm -hmm. um, like, uh, you know, so if, if you're, if you're bringing your words together, that typically happens more in like, and then Australians also, and we do have some um, listeners from other English speaking countries and even some other countries where they're teaching English learners. So, um, so yeah, so right now we're talking about American schwa, but basically all the rules still apply. You just have to look and listen for where the emphasis is and how the sound changes depending on the dialect. Does that sound like I've kind of captured that? 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I keep thinking of, this isn't exactly schwa, but the Australian gnar, like that R sound at the end, that's actually called R coloring. And that's one of the other largest shifts in terms of dialect, the vowels changing and then the R's changing um, in words, the that sound. And, you know, um, speech language pathologists always talk about how tricky that uh, sound spelled with the letter R is. And so that's another thing that's really tricky when it comes to dialect and schwa. And I love that. I, you, if you've been a long time listener, you probably have heard me say this a long time for a while now, but I love speech language pathologists because they are so smart and the linguistic knowledge that they have is so helpful. So partnering with them is really critical, especially if you have students who are having a really hard time feeling in their mouth what the sounds um, should be. Um, I was listening to something else recently, another special ed teacher is talking about how part of the multisensory experience is actually feeling the sounds in your mouth. And so you actually may need to reach out. And if you are seeing your students struggling with those sounds, ask, how are you modeling this? Should I also be doing, um, you know, a hand signal with it to help them, you know, have a cue with it? What else can I do to make sure that my students are making the appropriate sound so that their um, sound and symbol correspondence are accurate? So just another plug. I saw someone mentioning on Instagram just this week about saying they were mentioning the schwa and clipped consonant quick sounds like to like the, instead of saying buh and puh and tuh, to have the kids, you know, hold the, their hand under their chin and not open their mouth as much. So to mm-hmm. keep that schwa in sort of you know, buh, 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 instead. So it really does come up in a lot of places is what we're, mm-hmm. what we're saying is that it, and so it, I guess it, I would have thought to introduce it later when students were getting to multisyllable words, but I like Rachel that you introduced it to this young audience, like right when they're first starting to read. Yeah, definitely. Um, Especially because my kids, they're really into, right now we're only doing um, closed syllable. So multisyllabic words that only have closed syllables in them. Um, But they're going to get to the point where they'll see a consonant L-E at the end. Why, Why does it say O at the end? Um, you know, how can that be a syllable by itself um, if that E is supposedly silent and, and that is kind of a schwa L sound? And so it kind of helps to introduce this concept early so that it alleviates some of those questions that are going to come up when you're introducing some of these things. Um, because schwa is the most common sound. So as kids are talking, as kids are reading, those questions are going to come up and sometimes they don't necessarily know how to put it into words and ask it and ask why that makes sense. I mean, we teach the morpheme ed and ed sometimes spells id and they're like, why doesn't it spell ed? It should spell ed, but it doesn't. Um, And of course it spells d and t too, and you know, in different instances, but because they know schwa, they understand, oh, it, you know, that ending is, it's not as stressed. It's not as loud as the other part of the word, because that's just added on there. And so it's going to be a schwa, that E is spelling the uh or the I sound um, in 
that word because that's the schwa and I know the schwa. Um, at the end of the year in first grade, we do a little like survey of things, you know, that they remember from their year. And one of the questions is, what is one thing that you'll never forget from first grade? And last year, two of my kids said the schwa. And I, they were like, how do you even spell schwa? And they joked, they were like, we know it can be spelled A-E-I-O-U and sometimes Y, but like, how do you spell the word schwa? Um, and I just was like, oh, yes, like, you got they it. got it. Perfect. Um, I love, it really destigmatizes the, what the schwa is because many adults did not specifically learn even the term schwa. I remember learning it in college and being like, huh. Well, I'll get to that when I get to that. <laughs> I remember thinking that, and it was always something that I kind of pushed off to the side or postponed a bit because I was more intimidated about teaching it. So I think that breaking down the stigma in the first place makes a really big difference. And, you know, I've been studying this for years now and practicing and applying it for years. So it's a little bit different, but I had never thought of the I sound the is sound in ed as a schwa sound. And like, that just makes so much sense. And I think that, you know, if the kids had that introduction, it would just make a big, you know, well, guys, listen, this is like, you know, we talk about digraphs sometimes. Here's another part of, um, you know, phonics. This is called a schwa. It's, you know, it's so here's a schwa. Remember schwa? Oh, it makes the a uh sound and it can be spelled by any of the vowels. Moving right along where in my head, and I'm just honest about this because I think I'd, I'd go, oh, it's so hard for me to figure out where does the stress fall? Do I have to explain where the stress falls in each of these syllables? How can I explain where, you know, in, and I'm just going to put it out there. Many teachers and many people in previous years just said, it just sounds like that because that's how we say it and moving right along. And so, you know, you can break the chain in that. So. Props to you, Rachel. I love that. And I also love it when the kids remember. You didn't see me since this is a podcast, but I was fist pumping because I was so excited when your two friends who said that they that they remembered the schwa. That makes me so happy. I love that. <laughs> they remember stories. And so you're giving them a story to remember about the schwa. You're introducing it. And then that lays the foundation for their memory where they can just start putting those words and searching for them. And it also like reduces the cognitive load for irregular words, you know, because I think I used to explain a lot of words as irregular when really they were schwas. And my moment of learning today, Mary and Rachel, was the L syllable. I did not know that was a schwa, but you, it is so obvious when you pointed it out, Rachel. So thank you. I think that this kind of like leads to um, how important it is when you're teaching spelling rules as well, too. So, um, you know, spelling, uh, I know that what we really need to do is we need to work with sounds first and then match um, the letters. So start with the sound, match the letters with it, build up your orthographic mapping knowledge. So, um, you know, can you kind of walk us through how does that work when you're teaching sh a schwa sound? Mm-hmm. So, um, I typically, after I've introduced the whole concept of schwa, I'll put up a word that has schwa and, um, let's use salad as the example. Cause I, I talked about that before. So I'll put up the word salad 
And some kids might look at that and be like, salad. Oh, sal- salad, salad, salad. Um, and I'll say, hmm, I-, I noticed you changed your pronunciation as you read it because you were thinking salad. And of course, this is a little trickier with English language learners because they might not have that vocabulary to understand. Oh, oh, yeah, I've heard that word salad before. I know what that means, um, which is why I love kind of a small group setting to do that. And if I'm doing it one on one, I have a really good idea of what that child's background knowledge is in terms of vocabulary so that I can pick a word that like I know that they'll they've seen before. Um, and I'll say, hmm, so you changed that pronunciation. You said salad, salad. Does that do all the sounds make sense in that word for how we spelled them? And we'll, we'll look at the individual words and Sal is right. We'll even, um, if we've gotten to the point where we've split into um, vowel consonant and then vowel syllables, we'll get there. Um, Cause it's S-A-L is the first syllable, Sal. And then it is the second syllable. And then they'll kind of look at that second A and say, hmm, well, we say eh, salad, but we write, we spell with an A. Interesting. And so typically, as we kind of go through some different examples, um, I'll ask, I'll pose the following questions for each word. I'll say, okay, um, you know, what is the syllable that has a schwa sound? Can you, can you find a syllable in this word that has the schwa sound? Okay. Is the schwa saying I or is it saying uh in that syllable? And they'll say, oh, you know, in the word salad, it's saying I. And then, okay, it's saying I. How is it spelled? Um, and there's this really uh, neat kind of progression of self-talk um, in the book Uncovering the Logic of English. It's like literally in the last chapter, but it's like a, a golden nugget. Um, and it says, you know, we say salad. We spell S-A-L-A-D. So we say to spell salad. Um, Basically, we make ourselves say it how we write it, just so that we know we can spell it properly. Um, You can do the same thing with you said the word again or Mm -hmm. again, you know? Um, And there's actually like, that one's kind of funny because we don't say again, we say again, which is like really two, two kind of lazy, lazy pieces. And so we say again, we spell A-G-A-I-N and we say to spell again. So that way they can kind of um, see how our pronunciation has changed and that way that they can help themselves not only in reading, but also in spelling. Because I think schwa is particularly hard when it comes to spelling because it's like, well, I have all these options to spell schwa with. How would I say, and I, I'll do like a hoity-toity, like Queen's English accent almost, to, and, and they get really into that. Um, we talked earlier, I also teach drama at school. So I, I'm very into like the characterization and the, the language and the accents and all that kind of stuff. And so um, I'll even have them say it in like this little, it sounds like Oliver, like this little British accent to themselves. You know, we say again, um, um, they sound very Peppa Pig um, to kind of help them 
spell more independently when they're trying to spell these tricky words and they know a schwa is there, but they don't know how to spell it yet. Um, Perfect. I think that that's genius. That's exactly how, um, yeah, especially with trickier words like that, you, you have to kind of be playful and make it fun. And the earlier you do that, the longer it sticks with them in life. So I think that that's fantastic. Uh, I'm loving this. So what I'm taking away from that, Rachel, is build, like define it and build the concept and then build awareness and then keep practicing the say to spell. Mm -hmm. Those Mm -hmm. are sort of the first steps. Yeah. And then really that questioning, that deep word study of what are the syllables in this word? Mm -hmm. Is there a syllable that spells the schwa sound? Is the schwa saying I or a, uh, and then how, what letter spells that sound? So kind of that deep unpacking set of three to four questions. Um, and kids will do that. They'll do that in books too. Like my kids will k- try and carry it over to decodable sentences or decodable books. When we're practicing schwa, they'll be like, oh, wait, wait, this word has a schwa. Okay. Oh, 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 okay. It's in the second syllable. The word is pencil, pencil. Oh, 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 I say, uh, but it's spelled with an I pencil, Mm -hmm. pencil. I say pencil. Um, and so it kind of builds this little like self-talk check, um, that allows them to be more independent when they're approaching a word like that, because I'm not always there when they're coming up upon a schwa and I want them to be able to kind of hear my little voice in their head being like how how should we approach this tricky word um and eventually as that becomes more practiced and more words become mapped in their brain it's going to be an unconscious process but for the kids where it's not automatically an unconscious process they might need that little boost of self-talk to get themselves through that word and to think about how schwa is working in that word um our whole podcast this season is really talking about what is the science of reading and what does the structured literacy classroom look like and i think that the and reading in the brain Oh, and reading in the brain, right? Yeah. So I think that this conversation is such a great insight. I can totally see you inside your classroom chatting with your kids. And then I can see the kids having this self-talk. And I think that this explicit level that you provide to them is exactly what we're really talking about when we're talking about what does the reading process actually look like? How can we prove it um, You know, based on the science that we have right now? So you're doing all of those things that orthographic mapping is kind of going through, but it's the, how do I talk it through? Um, How do I bring it into kid language? So I just think that this is such a perfect example of, you know, just a little insight into your teaching process. Well, and it's what she's describing too, is that she's guided them into that talk. And so then they're doing it on their own, which is just great. Which is learning. It's yeah, yeah. taking ownership for you know, for what um, the knowledge that has been given to you. Perfect. It's made, you know, because explicit means like taking the invisible and making it visible and open. And so you've done that with this with your talk of what your brain is kind of doing on such a fast level when you see a schwa and you've slowed it down. And so now the students are thinking that through when they're reading and seeing that. And does it always occur in multisyllable words? Is there any one-syllable words with schwa? You know, like the, is get a schwa or is it a regular? You know, so there are some of those really high frequency words, 
that we see so often that we get lazy, lazy with. Um, great examples are the word a pronounced a uh, and the yeah. and the um, and get is one of those. If we're saying that in a I actually, you know, taught that word because we talked about short E two days ago or something. And we talked about the word get and there was a conversation in group of is this word, you know, does this word have an irregular spelling in it? Or not. And there was kind of a debate among the kids. And they were like, well, you know, it kind of depends on how you say it. And I was like, you're right. It does depend on the dialect. So we we wrote a little like star by it when we were talking about it, because that's another one where it's like we say get or we say get, but we say to spell get. Um, and it and eh are really hard. I mean, if kids are going to mix up short vowels, it's going to be those two. And so that's something that we talked about and how we've got that. Those are truly like, yeah, we've gotten lazier and saying those things. Um, but for the multisyllabic words, um, it's much more trackable in terms of like how um, we have shifted in dialect and how our mouth is having to say a lot in multisyllabic words. So of course we're going to not open it as much in every single syllable so that we don't enunciate like this and <laughs> yes okay do you like try to. yeah right do you <laughs> like to um my little brother oh he went to speech therapy when he was four and then he started speaking like that and people made fun of him and mm. he had to kind of relearn the schwa I think <laughs> if he listens to this he'll know what I'm talking about anyway or my, my siblings who listen to this will know what I'm talking about but I'm anyway giving him a big heart I know he because... just did a very like perfect clipped English for a really long time so Aww. um what other what do you use to teach this besides just introducing it as a story and practicing with their own decodable sentences and words that you see in y'all's resources. Are there any good games or word lists, things like that? So I definitely do. Um, we use word lists. I think the one I have right now is from IMSE, um, which is where I did um, a Norton Gillingham training too. And then another thing that I do is we play the game call the dog. Some teachers have, um, call it something different, but it's like, um, when we are calling our animal home, you might say, um, I'm trying to think of a dog name. I don't have a dog, like Maxi, Maxi. And what part is louder is probably the part that doesn't have the schwa. So if the word is salad, you'd say salad, salad to call the dog home. Oh, that second syllable is quieter. So I know that that probably has a schwa. And um, it depends on the group that I'm working with. If I introduce the vocabulary stressed or unstressed or whether we just talk about it's, you know, the louder emphasized part of the word versus like the quieter background part of the word. Um, it just depends on whether they're ready for that in terms of like a vocab, uh, building a vocab. Uh, what is the word? Um for a schema, a vocab schema in their brain with that word. But, um, you know, or we'll say apart, apart. And in that one, the uh is the unstressed. And so, oh, wow. Like when we called the dog, the second part was the really loud part. So the first part must be a schwa. 
And so that's a game we play, um, especially when they're just starting to spell schwa words. Um, and it's funny because, you know, they like to try with their names and with their pets' names. And it's, it's a whole thing. And then they'll do it on the playground. They'll call each other like the dog. Um, so that's a really fun game that we play. And then I just did a video um, on Instagram about splitting up syllables. And it's a little song that they do um, where they underline the vowels or you know, dot the vowels, mark them with the V, draw a bridge, draw, draw a bridge, cut the bridge, cut, cut the bridge. And so that's a little thing they do to kind of, if they really need to see those syllables split to get to the meat of schwa, that's another activity that I do. And I hear them singing it to themselves. So cute. We do on um, uh, Fridays, we do spell check, which is, um, just kind of an oral, um, check of their, um, spelling concept of the week. And so sometimes at the end of the year, we get to different syllable types where they're working on spelling those. And they'll say, I'll hear them whisper, draw a bridge, draw, draw a bridge, like <laughs> under their breath. It's so cute. Um, and so I that's another love first graders so much. They're so cute. And like, they just, oh, they just eat it up. Once you get them hooked, like, oh, they just eat it up. It's the best. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. I want to be in your class. It sounds oh. so fun. It does. It sounds so great. I love that. And I think especially doing chants and music and things like that, they stick so well with the kids. It's so helpful. And um, it sounds so fun. Uh we're going to link a few other resources um, to this post because I love, as you all know, I love Emily Gibbons so much and she has um, the letter literacy nest. And um, I, I actually use her whole schwa packet. She has a whole schwa packet. And so um, when I'm teaching, I, I actually like to use everything that she has in there too. Um, but I love using the call the dog too. I had forgotten. I think I used that in, or like learned about that in my original training, which was eons ago now. But um, I think that that's really helpful. And we definitely have some more research-based posts too um, that that will have um, links. Shannon, you want to Yeah, there's a really good one um, from Phonics Hero and they've got another little song um, like Wheels on the Bus, but it's like the lazy schwa says, uh, 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 it's cute. Um, And we also have some some lists with schwa's. Like if you're listening to this, you're like, I have no idea even, you know, maybe you can come up with a few of them we talked about, but you can't remember all the words that have schwa. We've got uh, some lists. And I think Call the Dog would be great. Like we have a lot of parent listeners and you could play that when you're driving to school or around for errands, just as a family and then talk about the spelling, you know, just out loud things. So I love that. That's a really like quick, just ready to go activity. Absolutely. It's a great warm up when I'm teaching schwa and we're reviewing schwa play call the dog and talk about um, uh, the different stressed or unstressed part and the spelling versus the pronunciation. Love that for a warm up to get them in it. Um, one of the uh, resources we're going to link it had a quote from Louisa Motes, and we've been calling it a lazy, you know, a lazy syllable. But uh, Louisa Motes described it as the syllable with the stuffing knocked out of it. <laughs> Which 
I can just sort of like see the schwa, like kind of, oh, you know, like <laughs> somebody's punched in the stomach again and it can only kind of say, oh, you know. <laughs> I think that's adorable. I love those like great visuals. So yeah. cute. Um, Rachel, this has been such a great chat. Um, is there um, a way that our listeners can follow you? Yes. So um, I post graphics and videos um, with activities and tips and ideas and reminders about structural literacy and the science of reading, um, mostly on Instagram. Um, I am mindful teacher Rachel. And I also post a lot in my stories like here's a game. And then here's a link to like a book where I learned about this game. And so I try to kind of keep it all together. So not only can you use the stuff that I share, but also here's another researcher um, or here is a text where you can like learn more about this specific thing. Um, and then I also post only, I mean, TikTok is only videos on TikTok as well. Um, my username is teacher Rachel S-O-R-S-E-L on that platform. And then I think in the show notes, you will do the link to the book so you can kind of check out and meet the schwa character. I'm so excited to, we haven't taught schwa yet this year. Um, It's in the next couple of weeks that they're going to start to hear about it for the first time. And I'm so excited to read the book. With you can hold team. your book in your hands and rather than just telling them that oral story, which I'm assuming exactly. is what you did last year. Exactly. Um, so I'm really excited for them to meet Schwa that way and see the pictures. And does he look like the character. upside down E like in the yes, phonetic dictionary? Okay. So it's a, it's kind of a bubble letter upside down lowercase E and then with a face on it. So okay. all the other letters have faces and then he is upside down and all the other letters are, you know, different colors too. And they're kind of a different font and he's a little bit funkier because <laughs> um, they're like, we've never seen you before. Um, <laughs> so I'm so excited for them to love the character. Like I, the eyes and the little mouth, there's like one mouth where he's always, where, when he's talking and explaining and um, his eyes are closed and he looks very like sure of himself I really like that mouth like I'm, I'm very excited for them to see the picture and like know the character um and because you know we've read books about you know bossy R. we read books about you know magic e and those are all characters that they know and draw and so I'm, I'm like oh wouldn't it be so cute if like they you know read my book with me and then they drew schwa like, oh. That would just be a dream come true. I think my heart would just melt on the spot. Okay, post that on your Instagram and then we'll repost it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm loving it so <laughs> much. It's so cute. I'm telling you, I'm like, if I could go back to my little six year old self, I'd love to be sitting in your class. It sounds so fun. Really. And that's oh. a huge compliment. I mean that in the best way, too. Because I think we have been in our class today, Mary. I have learned I so much today. <laughs> I feel so happy. Um, And I also, you're such a great guest on the show too, just because you have, you have this like great approach to everything, but then also you back it up with the research, which is how we really like to roll with our listeners too. So um, make sure that you guys follow her um, and it's um, mindful teacher, Rachel on Instagram um, on Instagram. And you're going to love following her and all of the progress that her students make too. Thanks so much, Rachel. It was so lovely to chat with you today. Thank you, guys.